Oh, Jake, you can't go sending me memes just before I'm about to come on the air. Come on now. It's the Rob O'Donnell come show on, here. Man. Come on, man. It's the Rob O'Donnell show here on WILK News Radio. It is 509 here in the station, 75 degrees and sunny. Remember, get your outside on. Go get your outside on. Beautiful day. Rain's coming. It's going to get cooler. But I love the fall. So, I mean, if you're into the fall, great things to do in our area for the fall. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. Well, if you're not aware, there were three Philadelphia police officers shot yesterday. Yesterday afternoon. They are in stable condition. They are okay, thankfully. Uh, it was this yesterday evening, about 7 o'clock, just after 7 o'clock. They responded to a call for assistance. They get there, and the individual opens fire on them. A family fight inside a northeast Philadelphia home ended in a deadly shootout on Wednesday night when police officers shot and killed. And again, this is, this is, this is the way it reads. This is from Philadelphia 10, the NBC station in Philadelphia. NBC 10 in Philadelphia. This is how they mold the story. And then I'll tell you what really happened. A family fight inside Northeast Pennsylvania home ended in a deadly shootout on Wednesday when police officers shot and killed a father after a man fired at the officers after shooting another man in his home. Three police officers were injured by the gunfire. That's what they led with. And the headline is police killed dad who injured three officers in shootout in front of Northeast Philadelphia home. Well, here's what happened. There's a family fight. There's a domestic dispute in this home in North Philadelphia. Police are called. The individual, the bad guy, shoots a family member. These three police officers arrive. He opens fire on them, striking two of them immediately. They return fire... One of their return fire bullets strikes a neighbor and kills him. Tragic. Yes, but as soon as they got out of their vehicles and approached this home, they were fired upon. They returned fire, all three of them being shot, thankfully not fatally. And in returning fire while wounded, there was a bystander, this father, who was shot and killed. But... The headline from the Philadelphia police, the Philadelphia NBC 10 is police killed dad who injured three officers in shootouts. See, they changed that. And it wasn't a dad. And they try to put the blame on the police officers in this, uh, in this headline, in the story. And what 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 caused the incident? Well, like the bad guy having a domestic dispute, shooting a family member, and then opening fire on police is what caused. That's who's responsible for this. Not the police who were fired upon. Not the police who were shot in this North Philadelphia, just responding to a domestic dispute. It just drives me nuts, and, and it's why the media runs these narratives that just is outrageous when it comes to to us moving forward as a society. I'll be the first to say, 
law enforcement is not perfect. We will never be a prefer- perfect profession. No profession in America is perfect. Any, no profession in the world is perfect. But I'll put the records up against any other record at any time. If you look at the statistical data, if you look at the use of force, if you look at the restraint that's used day in and day out, if you look at the mere fact that every time they want to complain about the police, they bring up the five or six incidents that happened in the last five, six, seven years. And if it was so systemic, if it was so widespread, if it was happening everywhere, don't you think they'd have new stories to talk about? But they don't because it's truly not there. You are more likely to be struck by lightning in America than you are to be unarmed and shot by the police. Yes, this was a tragic accident. But for the media to, again, just like politicians do often, put us against each other, sow dissension in our societies, simply to sell advertising, simply to to do the things that they're doing to get clicks, to be pop. I just, it's incredible. It's just outrageous the way they mold these things. It's just outrageous. Moving on from there, and uh, on another, you know, we talk about, you know, we talked about the nurses, well, going on strike nationally with this major health network, and then locally here, the authorization for the strike. Nursing schools are turning away thousands of applicants during a major nursing nursing shortage. And basically, there's not enough professors, there's not enough clinicals oversight to deal with them. It said nearly 78,200 qualified applications were not offered spot, spots at nursing schools last year, according to the American Association of Colleges of Nursing which represents schools with a bachelorate and advanced degree programs, including nearly 66,300 applicants for entry-level bachelor degree programs for your BSN. The number of applications turned away has been higher in recent years than it was in the prior to to, to 2019. Staffing shortage are the main reason why nursing schools are not able to accept more students who want to become registered nurses. The programs are contending with a lack of faculty, clinical placements for students, and preceptors who supervise the students during their rotations at healthcare providers. Preceptors also have strict limits on how many students they can oversee, with the ratios often set by state nursing boards. You can't just throw a lot of people and expand the nursing pools, said Professor Emeritus at Salisbury University School of Nursing in Maryland. Community college where students can become registered nurses after earning associate's degrees are also turning away applicants for the same reasons, said the CEO of Organization for Associate Degree Nursing, which does not track the number of applications not offered spots. But they're having the same problems. And this has gone up steadily since 2002. In 2002, there were 3,600 if you go to 2012, it was 58,000. If you go now, we're up to 66. 66,000 last year. And this is a bottleneck that comes at a time when registered nurses are in high demand, especially at hospitals. While the profession has recovered from the COVID-19 pandemic dip, employment has shifted away from hospitals and outpatient clinics, doctor's offices, schools, and elsewhere said a visiting scholar at Brandeis University. 
The staffing crisis, as well as the strenuous working conditions in the early years of COVID pandemic, has left many registered nurses and other healthcare workers feeling burned out and thinking of leaving the profession. It's the main reason why nurses around the country have gone on strike or threatened to recently. Staffing shortages are among the major factor in the current strike by more than 75,000 unionized worker employees, including registered nurses at Kaiser Permanente. It's the largest healthcare worker strike in U.S. history. But there's a bottleneck at the education level to become a registered nurse, to become a nurse. Mainly because they don't have enough people to teach nurses. And that's absolutely the case. In the four years my daughter's been at her nursing program, their staff has decreased tremendously. People are burnt out. They're leaving. They're going back to nursing because the money and bonuses are so high. Rather than working as a professor, an adjunct professor, their demands on them are so much from the hospitals and the places they work because of uh, they can't you know work their shift, their eight-hour shift, and then maybe teach as an on-drug professor, part-time professor, four hours a day or that anymore. The demands are so high because there's just not enough. So even if you want to get into this field, this bottleneck is preventing, I mean, just last year alone, what did I say, 70-something thousand? 78,200 qualified applications were not offered spots at nursing schools because of this bottleneck. It's, it's a crisis that is on top of a crisis. I mean, if you're having a crisis level of having nurses, the nursing shortage at our back end, at our hospitals, at our doctor's offices, at our clinics, but you also have a shortage where they become nurses, that's a double-edged sword. That, that's a whammy because how do, you get, how do you fix the end without fixing the beginning? And you can't fix the beginning without fixing the end. It's, it's truly a nightmare for recruitment, for getting nurses in that field, for getting them in. So it's just something to be aware of. Great, great opportunity. If you're in high school or you have a child in high school looking to go into that profession, I highly recommend it. They will do very well. If you're a male looking to get into the nursing profession, it's a great opportunity for you. You are tremendously in demand, especially in places that would probably fit very well into your lifestyle. They need the male nurses out there just as much. If you're a female nurse, if you're a woman, you know, you want to do, you want to get your experience in an emergency room or on a, a med surge floor or something like that off the bat so you can get your experience so you can go other places and get your top dollar because you have the experience. And then later on, if you want to settle down and have a family, and this goes for men too, if you want to have a family and want more time at home, want more time with your family, you know, you become a school nurse. You know, you become an office nine to five nurse for different places. You know, you don't have to necessarily work in a hospital. You know, I know talking to my daughter, she wants to get, a, a, you know, a lot of the heavy lifting done up front. She wants to go work in a very busy, very uh, intense environment her first two years. Get her experience. This way she has more options. And I'm telling you, the offers that she's been given, and she graduates in May, the offers she's been given already are outstanding. So if you're looking for something to do, and I know now you're talking about not being able to get into one of these programs. And there was a high standard to get into most of the nursing programs in Pennsylvania. It's, it's not an easy haul. If you're sitting back in high school and you think you're going to go that route, think again. Because you'll have to make up the difference in another major 
in your college before you can even get into or transfer into a nursing program. It's not easy. You know, you need to do the steps you need now to be able to get into these programs. But I'm telling you, in the end, there's a need for it. They make excellent money, and it's flexible depending on what you want to do or how much you want to make. So make sure you uh, you look into those options. And again, there's no, males, females, it's all good. That's all in need. And like I said, in a lot of these organizations, male nurses are hard to come by, and they are catered to actually very well. They need people who can lift, do a lot of things, not saying the female nurses, the women nurses can't do those things. But in situations where you're working, where a lot of that moving and, and pulling happens, it's a need. So it's something to think into. And again, if you're looking at a, a lot of good, uh, good salary that will set you up for the rest of your life and career. So it's an option to go down. But this bottleneck at the nursing program level is just going to hamper the, the problem we're having in our hospitals and our clinics and everywhere else now in the back end. So wanted to bring that to your attention and talk about it a little bit today. It's 522 talking about bottlenecks and screwing things up. It's time for traffic and weather. There are a few people out there that are slowing things down a bit. We don't have any reports of any accidents at the moment. But this Pentella Data Internet Traffic Update is brought to you by Bloom Pools. You can expect to slow down in both directions at 81 Avoca to Scranton. Also on 81 Northbound at Waverly, you're dipping well below the speed limit. Crawling, it's going under 15 miles per hour. And we have some heavy traffic on William Street in Wilkesbury and Main Street in Avoca. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. It's time for the uh, Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, increasing clouds with some spotty showers, low 60. Friday, scattered showers possible, high 73. Saturday, scattered showers possible, high 62. Sunday, mostly cloudy and breezy with spotty showers, high 53. It's currently 74 degrees and sunny here at 523, your official weather station, WILK. Odyssey is your new home for all the audio that... Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 527 here in the station, 74 degrees and sunny. If you don't follow me on social media, you might want to follow me on Facebook, Rob O'Donnell. Just search me and follow me. It's not hard to find. Or at O'Donnell underscore on Twitter. I just shared a video from Tom Homan. Tom Homan's the former director of ICE under the Trump administration. He's a good friend. He just posted a video um, from the border that would blow your mind what's, what's coming in down there, which is probably why they're looking to uh, the Biden administration, meaning put up a wall. It's, it's literally a flood. And, and he's showing a small creek. And he said uh, how a creek becomes a flood. And the the video is just mind-boggling that he just posted. So, uh, you know, if you go to my Facebook page, you can see what Tom Homan just posted. And I shared it so you guys can see it. Again, it's Rob O'Donnell on Facebook. I appreciate you. Give me a like and follow. You get a little heads up of what I'm going to talk about during the day, a little insight to my day-to-day life, my real life, not just my radio life, and uh, see what's going on. Some things I can put out there that's... Uh, Sometimes not not right for here, but that line is very uh, rarely drawn. What I what I say there is most of the time is said here just as well. So we were talking about the 
trying to pull up next story. Sorry about that. Won't come up. There we go. Well, we talked earlier in the week that New York State sued to keep illegal migrants from the city going to the upstate counties. They sued and stopped it. Just like Staten Island, which is in the city, sued and stopped the illegal migrants from coming to the Staten Island. Then they said they were going to move the homeless out of New York City to these places. They are citizens. They are legal citizens. They're just homeless and unfortunate. And they moved them up to the city. Well, upstate New York County blocks New York City bid to move the homeless north to ease the migrant crisis now. So this is actually a, you know, a good thing if you live in the suburbs. And there's an easy way to solve this for both New York State and New York City. Make your declaration that you are no longer a sanctuary city, that you are full like you're saying you are. I mean, you have the mayor of New York going on this South American tour, this taxpayer payer vacation, paid vacation. That's all it is. I know the man. I've worked with the man. He's incompetent. He's not going down. He's going down there to get some photo clips and to, to go on a, a taxpayer paid vacation. That's all this is. Mexico City's, you know, is a great place to visit. It's it's not really safe, but I'm sure he has his security detail with him from both the State Department and the New York City Police Department because they can get authorization to go down there. I know executives that travel down there all the time, and they always travel with armed security. It's just not safe. Uh, kidnapping is one of the main re- uh, resources down there. But he's going to go to these other places. And again, I traveled all through South America, Mexico. Not really a lot in Central America. I, I want to do that before I, before I get too old. But I, you know, I've been to Venezuela. I've been to Brazil. I've been to Argentina. I've been to Ecuador. It's a real great place to visit. I'm glad I did. I didn't like going to the traditional spring break places. You know, I did Mexico a bunch of times, did, uh, did the, the Caribbean. And, uh, you know, I wanted something different. I wanted to see different areas. I wanted to be off the grid a little bit. And, uh, you know, we started to do that. Spent two weeks in, uh, in Venezuela. Again, this was before they went socialist and before the coup. Actually, we were down in Venezuela when the Chavez organization tried their first mini-coup to test the waters. And we ended up going to the embassy. You know, there were military trucks in the outskirts of the city. And the city of Caracas then was a beautiful city. The people there were outstanding. The markets were unbelievable. I mean, if you wanted leather goods or gold or anything like that, it was just a place to go shop. What that place has turned into, and obviously I haven't been back there since it's turned socialist. This was 90, I believe 1990, I was there. It was one of the most beautiful places I've ever been to. So, you know, it's it's a, a shame because I saw firsthand what a wonderful place this was and what it turned into, what socialism did to it. You know, went to Colombia. It was in Bogota. We spent some time in Cartagena. Again, Dangerous places, you know, was was shaken down by the military in Cartagena a few times. But that's part of the life down there. You have to learn to navigate it. You got to know how to deal with it. He's not going down there for any other reason but a a taxpayer paid vacation. He's not going to stymie anything. I mean, the the whole point that there's a, a highway through Mexico to come to America without being stopped in Mexico just shows they're not looking to help us with this problem. The Mexican president today was all upset and gave a public statement on Joe Biden putting this little section of wall up, his administration, because, you know, they have to. They're being forced to uh, four years later, but they're being forced to. In the meantime, 225,000 
uh, migrants came in last month alone. They're not looking to solve anything. But where? what's the change all of a sudden? Well, the change all of a sudden is the people in the inner cities, like Chicago, like New York, saying enough's enough. You or I could say it all we want. Until they start shipping them here, which it's coming. I'm telling you right now it's coming here. Until they start shipping them here, people in Scranton, people in Northeast Pennsylvania won't start screaming, yeah, we'll talk about it, we'll complain about it, but until it's in our front yards, in our backyards, at our door, it won't be a problem. But it will be. These places are full. We are a convenient option for them. If you don't think it's coming here, you're fooling yourself. It's 533 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 538 here in the station, 74 degrees and sunny. You can call or text the show at 570-883-0098. See a bunch of you just jumped on and followed me on uh, Facebook. I appreciate that. Again, it's Rob O'Donnell on Facebook. You can see the video that Tom Homan just posted from the border and uh, a lot of the other things that I post there. I appreciate your support and the follow. little heads up for this weekend. Uh, I just saw the Scranton Police Department just posted a traffic advisory for this weekend, both Saturday and Sunday, mostly Sunday, but Saturday as well, uh, for the Steamtown Marathon. Please be advised the following road closures will be in place this weekend for the Steamtown Marathon. Now, Saturday, it'll be the 200 block of North Washington Avenue, closed until approximately 5 p.m. on Sunday, October 8th, 2023. So it'll be closed from Saturday. It doesn't say what time it's going to close. Saturday, October 7th until Sunday. And then Sunday you have a bunch of streets being closed. The 300 block of North uh, Washington Avenue, the 400 block of Linden Street, 500 block of Linden Street, 600 to 400 blocks of uh, Biden Street. Uh, there will be a different uh, additional temporary clothing uh, closings along the race route, particularly in the Green Ridge area. Expect delays and, if possible, choose alternate routes. They're asking people to uh, you know, just be advised that uh, Scranton's going to be a little uh, little uh, closed down this weekend because of the Steamtown Marathon this weekend. So a little preemptive uh, notice for uh, traffic in the Scranton area. And... Uh, forgot what I was going to say. See, Nikki walks in, I forget what I'm going to say. Look, you look like you forgot what you were going to say, too. No, I know what I'm going to say. Uh, uh-oh. But, no, never mind. <laughs> Technology sucks. It gives you a headache. It does. You it know, does. oh, we're doing this to better. No, you just made my life worse. Thank you. Sorry. Did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> you have complicated my life with technology. It is. Well, can we do the traffic, please? Yeah. Because I'm getting yelled at by other people, too. It's time for traffic and weather. <laughs> Not getting yelled at by me. Well, that's because. Tell me who's yelling at you. I'll straighten them out. Because I'm supposed to be down the hall, like right now, at the same exact time, and it's hard to be in two yeah. places at once. I'm bigger than they are. You know, tell them that. Well, this is true. <laughs> Rob said he's bigger than you. Rob said he's bigger than you. Physically. He takes <laughs> precedence. <laughs> this traffic update is brought to you by Ben Teledata Internet. An accident on 81 southbound at the Montage Mountain Road exit is slowing things up a bit. Uh, we have a report that um, 80 West is jammed up uh, right around the Cunningham exit. Well, that's moving. 
that, that's it's move because it's moving road work. So if you're on 80 West going out toward Nescapec, uh, Berwick, uh, Bloomsburg area, there's moving road work going on westbound. It's going to hold you up. And then 81 southbound from the Benton Scott exit to Clark Summit is extremely slow go. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, increasing clouds with some spotty showers, low 60. Friday, scattered showers possible, high 73. Saturday, scattered showers possible, high 62. Sunday, mostly cloudy and breezy with spotty showers, high 53. It's currently 74 degrees and sunny here at 542. Your official weather station, WILK. Hey, you're with the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. It's 546. Uh, before I get to a little sports with Jake, because I'm getting some text messages here, Jake, so you might want to get your headphones warmed up. Uh, I, I just love the listeners out there. Uh, this is a shout-out to Fran from Scranton who's listening, who uh, you know sent me some stuff on Facebook, just followed me on Facebook and sent me some stuff. And it, it explains why Mexico's so lenient with their illegal migration that's coming through here. And this is from the Associated Press out of Mexico City. The money that Mexican migrants sent home to their relatives grew by 13.4% in 2022, totaling about, get this, $58.5 billion for the year as a whole, Mexico's central bank said this past Wednesday. And again, $58.5 billion are being sent home to Mexico from migrants here and illegal migrants from here in the United States. Why would they stop that flow of money? Why would they stop that flow of money unless we make them? So... If you want to know why the Mexican government is so lenient when it comes to the migrants coming here for not only Mexico, but from all over the world, that's why. Because uh, $58.5 billion in revenue for the country of Mexico. That's money being sent home from America back there. So we build a wall. We stop the illegal migration. You figure out who's here, who, who here is a criminal being a violent felon or such like that. You get them out of the country. And you, you get a work program and you tax the people that are here. Um, you know, maybe a little fine on top of it because they did jump the line and come here illegally. And you could take that fine over five or ten years, you know, in the form of IRS payments, you know, once they're determined there. But keep that money here. You know, they want to send the after-tax money, they can send that wherever they want. So, uh, you know, we have we have a problem to fix here, but this is why other governments aren't helping us do that. Uh, first of all, we got Yeah Iron Maiden from Derek and Clark Summit, so you got a kudos there, Jake. But of course, we have uh, what about tonight? Redskins and Giants, total yeah. blowout. Uh, Redskins and, and Bears. Oh. So, is the yeah. Giants playing too? They're playing this Sunday at Miami. Okay, yeah. he didn't give a name, but it said, <laughs> said Redskins and Giants. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad to see that someone still refers to them by that name. But yeah, my expectations for tonight, I'm definitely expecting a win from the Redskins. And when you look at the Chicago Bears, I mean, you just have an absolute dumpster fire on your hands there, whether it's, you know, Justin Fields, the comments that he made about the coaching staff, how he feels that he's being, you know, let down by them. Chase Claypool, who the Steelers basically fleeced the Bears. I mean, sending him there, it sounds like his time at Chicago was pretty much done because of his attitude. And on top of that, it sounds like Matt Eberfluss, the head coach of the Chicago Bears, if they lose and they fall to own five tonight, and if they lose in ugly fashion, like a lot of people are expecting them to, that 
Matt could be looking for a job come tomorrow morning. So, yeah, I'm definitely expecting a victory out of Washington tonight. I think that they've shown a lot of potential offensively, uh, you know, going and acquiring Eric Bieniemy, who was the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. And, you know, people that, that have, know me closely have heard me throughout the week saying, once Mike Tomlin is done, which honestly I hope is sometime soon when it comes to the Steelers, <laughs> but, you know, I'm not Jake, Jake's got the shirt to prove it. Yeah, fire Tomlin. Thank you, Kelly, for that shirt. But when Mike Tomlin's time is finally done in Pittsburgh, that's who I want to be the next head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers is Eric Bieniemy because of that offensive background, because of what he accomplished with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and how good Washington is looking so far. The biggest thing with Washington is defensively. You know, defensively, it's sort of been a letdown so far this year. But, yeah, I'm definitely expecting a win out of, out of Washington, and it's crazy to think that it's already – Week five of the National Football League kicking off tonight. We're already nearly a quarter of the way through the NFL season just like that. Now, can a former Chief work for the former Redskins, or is that a double negative? Does it equal <laughs> out? Does it, like, cancel each other I out? Never is it a double negative? That. But can a former Chief <laughs> yeah. work for the former work for a former Redskins? Well, that's what we have going on down in Washington. And honestly, I mean, with the potential that they've shown so far this year, I mean, they're 2-2, two and two, really the only bad game they had was when they got destroyed by the Buffalo Bills 37-3 a couple weeks ago. But if this team doesn't make the playoffs and, you know, if the defense doesn't improve anytime soon, I think Ron Rivera is going to be let go after the season is over, and I could see Washington promoting Eric Bieniemy to be the head coach. So that, that's that's sort of what I'm expecting. But, yeah, week five is, is going to be exciting. Got a lot of, a lot of really exciting games, and, and honestly – I just think it's a miracle in itself that Kenny Pickett is even thinking about playing this Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens because I was extremely worried, as I'm sure a lot of Steelers fans were on Sunday, when he was clutching onto his knee late in the fourth quarter. You're thinking, is it an ACL? Is that the season? There was initial reports that it was a, a sprained MCL, and here all it was is just a bone bruise. But either way, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Baltimore Ravens, one of the best rivalries that there is in the sport. I mean, they cannot afford to be as pathetic as they've been the first four games this Sunday because Baltimore is looking pretty good so far. Where are they yeah. playing Sunday? Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. I was I was told to avoid the Baltimore area this weekend because you got a Billy Joel concert, you got an yeah. Orioles game. There's a whole bunch going on in the Baltimore area. Oh, yeah. So if you're thinking about traveling anywhere near <laughs> yeah. Baltimore, stay away from there. Yeah, they'll be in Pittsburgh though, and yeah. it's it's honestly my favorite rivalry. And also looking ahead to Week Five in the, in the NFL, we have another game in London, 9:30 in the morning on Sunday. Buffalo Bills, Jacksonville Jaguars, two really really good teams, AFC wise. And then Sunday night could potentially be the game of the year. The San Francisco 49ers hosting the Dallas Cowboys, 820 on NBC. I cannot wait for that game. Well, it'll definitely get the most media attention, but oh. not because of football. But Yeah, uh, that's for sure. Are the Bears really 0-4? and four? They are. Wow. Yeah, they have not won a game. I read the last time they won a game was October 24th of last year against the Patriots. They have lost 14 games in a row, and obviously if they lose to Washington tonight, I heard that will be a Chicago Bears record, 15 consecutive losses. Obviously a record that you don't want to have, and obviously all the talk about Matt Eberflus, just Justin Fields, Chase Claypool. 
And as of right now, the Chicago Bears actually have the top two picks in the 2024 draft. Their pick and the pick that they acquired from the Carolina Panthers. So, And they've never fired a coach in season, so it's going to be interesting to see what unfolds over these next 24 hours. Makes sense. A good yeah. friend of mine who's an avid Bears fan was wearing a shirt today that said, sell the Bears. So <laughs> I don't even know if that's on the well, table, but uh, that was his, what his shirt said. Well, so. sell them to Al Bundy. The ultimate goat. He'll turn the Bears around overnight. There you go. Well, I appreciate your insight as always there, Jake. And uh, I just want to give a shout out to the Luzerne Luzerne County Community College Communications Program out there. I know a bunch of them uh, listen and like the show. So I just want to give you guys a shout out. You can call in or text in at 570-883-0098. A little late now, but anytime you guys get into the business, I love to uh, see that and then, and any encouragement there. Now, uh, Real quick before we go, the uh, the CDC is no longer printing or giving out the COVID-19 vaccination cards. The CDC has ceased making them, saying that, you know, it's uh, late in the, uh, the system and we will not um, be printing them any longer. So you know, I saw that and I was like, remember, you, you couldn't do anything without that card. But the CDC has said goodbye to the COVID-19 vaccination card. They've stopped printing them. Uh, does that mean they've had enough? They, they printed. The federal government shipped more than 980 million cards between late 2020 and currently when the first uh, vaccines came out. But that card that was so important and you needed to show it so many places uh, now is pretty much non-existent. So, uh, you know, I guess they figure whoever has it or who's ever going to get the vaccine got it. So they don't need to make more of them. But uh, it says 4 million people in the United States have received the latest COVID-19 vaccine since it was approved last month. So 4 million people um, got the new booster since last month. Not booster, the new vaccine. Um, Like I said previously, that's not for me. So you can make your personal choice with your uh, medical provider or your family. I think it should be a combination of both. But like I said, I've made my decision on that. And it's your personal choice. And uh, don't doesn't affect me or I don't look down on if you make that or not. It's just your personal choice between you, your doctor, and your family. And you got to do what's best there. And that always comes first. It should always come first, which is why when the government got involved in trying to think their word came first, really uh, didn't sit well with a lot of people. Well, it's 556 here at WILK. We'll be back to close out the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Well, that's it for the Rob O'Donnell Show on this Thursday, October 5th, 2023. And it uh, looks like the end of our, hist- um, I think, record weather almost. I think we tied a record yesterday, 85. So, uh you know, try and get outside today. I've been saying it all day. It was a beautiful day today. Truly, truly. And if you follow me on social media, you've seen some pictures I've posted of my property, both at uh, 6 something, 6.45 in the morning yesterday with the fog, with my flagpole and the, the sun rising in the fog. It was really a, a nice moment I had to capture with my phone. And today as I was leaving, you know, saying it's always great to be an American, especially on days like this. I, I know the Seas get rough every now and then, but calm seas a sailor does not make. So we got to weather the storm every now and then. It makes us better, makes us stronger, and we will get through it in the end. We got we do better together. 
We need to find that common ground, and we're going to talk about that more and more as we move forward. It's uh, 6 o'clock here on WILK, 73 degrees and sunny. We will see you guys tomorrow. God bless, be safe, and we'll do it again then.